NetApp Insight, Mia in Berlin. We're here on Monday, November 16th. We're going to talk about what we saw today, what sort of things we did, and what we thought of the first day of Insight. What are you laughing at me for? Why are you laughing at me, Pete? <laughs> okay, so I know why Pete's laughing. I don't know what. I don't know if he's actually going to do this, but we're going to go ahead and try. Uh, Pete has what might be the most epic of travel stories ever. In, in, in his version of how he got to here today. You can, you can give it up? All right, let's do this. All right, you know me so well. That is exactly why I was smiling. So here we go. I'll try and give you the two-minute version. Let's rewind three years ago when I was getting ready to go to uh, VMworld Barcelona. I lost my passport like an idiot. So then I went ahead and had it replaced. About six months after that, I actually found it. The smart thing would have been to do, to do was to throw it out, right? I didn't do that. I left it in my filing cabinet. Last week, I was on vacation before Insight in Italy, and I took the wrong passport. I somehow made it through London, through Rome, and through other places with no problems. But the day before Insight, when I'm flying from Italy to, to uh, Heathrow, I get flagged for a stolen passport thrown into plane jail or Air Force airport jail for like two hours like I'm a terrorist and they basically told me two things they said number one we're seizing your passport and number two you're not going to Berlin tomorrow so what I ended up doing was I actually I panicked and I was getting ready to make all these changes I was I wasn't gonna be able to get a, a reservation with the consulate to get a new passport until Wednesday uh, and while I'm figuring that out my wife goes on Facebook and literally starts reaching out to some local groups in North Carolina by the way, is anybody possibly running through Heathrow Airport within the next couple of days? We have an emergency with a passport, blah, blah. Please call us at this number. She sent the message at 8 p.m. At 8.20 p.m., literally 20 minutes later, we get a phone call from somebody we've never met that's like, yeah, my husband's leaving in 10 minutes to go to the airport. He's actually going to Brussels. He's got a four-hour layover in Heathrow, and the dude literally lives one block from my house. So long story short, the, my passport was on the way to the airport exactly 40 minutes after my wife sent that message. Hashtag power of social media. You're going to have to invite that guy to Thanksgiving dinner. I agree, man. He's going to get a very good Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, you may want to just like stop traveling outside of the United States <laughs> at this point. You're bad at it. All right, so that was a pretty weird story there, yeah. Pete. Oh, my God, you were terrible at traveling. Thank you. Um, so we're going to go around and just start talking to everybody and seeing what they learned today at Insight, what sort of good customer stories they had, and just what they generally did today. We're going to start off here with Sully. Thank you. First thing, this morning, I had an opportunity to sit down with uh, our very own Val Bercovici, Cloud Czar, as well as Lee Caswell, who's one of our vice presidents in product solutions. Great conversation with those guys. They were on Tech on Tap Live. Be sure to check out the video. And uh, I also had the opportunity to sit down with them for a couple of minutes and ask them a couple of questions. So I think we'll go ahead and play that segment now. So take a listen. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. So I am fortunate enough to be joined on the stage here at Insight Berlin with two of the uh, two of the great faces at NetApp. So I happen to have uh, Vice President of Product and Solutions Marketing for our Flash portfolio, Mr. Lee Caswell. Hey there, glad to be here. Thank you very much, I appreciate your time. And I also have our Cloud Czar, the man with arguably the greatest title at NetApp, Mr. Val Bercovici. <laughs> Great to be here again, Andrew. Yeah, it's great to see both of you guys. Uh, so I, I kind of want to make this one an easy one, right? I, I know you guys were just up on stage here for a good 25 or 30 minutes, and uh, I've really only got two questions for each of you with your respective areas of expertise. How are 
the clouds or flash affecting applications? And how is it affecting infrastructure administrators? So Lee, I'll start with you. You know, one thing I started looking into was what applications are running on the AFF product, for example. And what we found was interesting is that the number one application by far, it's not really an application, but the number one connected workload is VMware, right? Now, you could say, that, well, that's not a surprise. What, what would be a surprise if we found like bare metal Oracle databases connected, right? Which would kind of be, mean that this is like tier one performance workload. That's not what we're finding first. And it actually has, I think, a lot to do with how Flash is being deployed. It's being deployed to simplify the management time spent. You know, if you, if you look at not just DBAs, but even you know, virtualization administrators, the amount of time spent managing performance can be somewhere between 40 and 60%. So what Flash is doing now, right, it's allowing customers to go and start spending time on more value-added activities by freeing up even general mixed workload consolidation, right? Now what you can start to do is say, well, I don't have to go and tune performance. I, I'm not going to have to spend time doing that. So flooding systems with IOPS and low latency, consistent performance, is a way now to think about spending your management time. And I think customers are increasingly going to be justifying flash on the basis of management. This is why the data fabric element that we have is so important because if you can consolidate backup, for example, right, in a simple, you know, common UI, if you can integrate and date, you know, investment protect for being not only to disk but into the cloud, now I've got a common UI. And so we see this really changing the way that Flash, you know, especially if you're investing in something that's going to last for seven years. I mean, really, you want to start saying, hey, I want to have something that's got the full range, not just a little bit of a flash silo that might have been bought for performance reasons. So this maturity process, we're seeing the buying patterns of flash match the way storage administrators have thought for a long time about disk. Now we bring all that maturity into flash. You know, I think it's important to point out that a lot of people, and Val, this particularly applies with the cloud side of things, they think that adopting these technologies is going to will eliminate their job, right? Suddenly, you know, as you said, right, going from yeah. you know, spending 40 to 60% of their time to, on management tasks to significantly reducing that, but that's not happening, right? You, no, you still have a job, you're just doing things that are more important to the business. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, I think when you think about, um, well, the cloud for sure, right, is where there's been a fear element in, for, for some customers, and yet at the same time, the strategic engagement with the cloud is about storage. Right, that's the strategy, right? Everything else, right, spinning up and spinning down compute is actually kind of a, a transaction piece. And so, yeah, we definitely see that uh, customers are thinking about this data fabric message of how do I go and get from flash to disk to cloud, that span of control right now, and spend less time thinking about, hey, do I have to have a RAID 1 set on 10K drives? That's not where the value is going to be longer term. No, it, it's all about simplification, it's all about putting control back into the administrator's hands so that way they don't have to be worried about those mundane detail, details, right. right? Let the system do what the system does and yeah. just concentrate on the applications. So thank you very much, Lee. I appreciate your uh, your in-depth answer there. So, so Val, uh, how is the cloud affecting applications? How is it affecting infrastructure administrators? So picking up where, you know, right where Lee left off actually, the cloud for infrastructure admins can be a very polarizing experience. I think uh, we're starting just now to get over the denial phase where people 
had all sorts of you know vague reasons, theoretical reasons, not to go to the cloud if they were on-premises infrastructure admins. What we're seeing right now, what I love about a data, data fabric portfolio is that we enable existing NetApp infrastructure admins to actually have full control in the cloud. Cloud on tap is on tap. So the provisioning, the management, the visibility, but particularly the data protection aspects are all just like on tap. Uh, and, and just that familiarity enables you know, a lot of lowering of barriers for existing infrastructure admins in the cloud. More importantly, you know, we used to, I remember in the old days when we used to go from being an NFS-only company to multi-protocol NFS and Windows, you know, our founding CEO basically said, we can't succeed in the multi-protocol market unless we are best-in-class NFS and best-in-class Windows, you know, SIFS, SMB. Same thing for the cloud right now. We provide, in terms of data management in the cloud, is best-in-class. Cloud on tap with the ability to reduce your cloud bill, the ability to agilerate your DevOps workflows and do faster CI, CD, that's major value for all the cool hoodies in the world that are developing these exciting new apps that we're all using every day. Absolutely, so are we, are we seeing cloud on tap deployed as a part of those cloud native applications? Are we seeing developers, uh, organizations spinning up cloud on tap, right, doing what they need to do with it and then spinning it right back down as a part of their just now natural application flow? So Cloud on Tap is you know, not quite a year old yet, it's about to become a year old. And we actually are seeing a very, very uh, a healthy adoption curve for new technologies. It was a very, very low adoption curve in the first few months as our own field was figuring out what it was about, customers were figuring out what it was about. We've seen definitely, you know, we're getting to see the hockey stick effect, as a Canadian I like to say that, <laughs> the, the, knee, the knee in the curve effect basically <laughs> in terms of adoption of Cloud on Tap. And what's encouraging is that Clearly, the most NetApp familiar customers are the ones playing with it first. And if I look recently, I think we have about 11 of the top 15 AWS customers worldwide are also NetApp customers. All major, major brand names. You know, I think Tech Republic did a recent survey of them. If you want to go out there, you can see all 15 brands that are part of our lives every day. And 11 of those people are now experimenting and some of them using Cloud ONTAP in production precisely for these new application workflows. That's where it adds the most value. You know, it's fantastic for DR, it's fantastic for recovery of backups, multi-region global backup, but at the end of the day, what excites me as a former sort of reformed developer, is just the great new power and agility it gives me as a developer only in this new application world, and it makes my IT admins happy because it's, you know, I'm using infrastructure that they're already familiar with. Absolutely, it's, it's, it's data on tap. They know data on tap, they trust data on tap, and you know, I can transition between physical on-prem, physical off-prem, you know, virtual in the cloud, virtual locally, right? I can take advantage of all those things, so it's fantastic. So gentlemen, uh, that's all the questions I have for you today. Really appreciate your time. Uh, I hope that you have a great rest of Insights. I'm sure I will be seeing both of you around some more. And uh, thank you very much yet again. Always good. Yeah, pleasure as always. <laughs> all right, that was pretty awesome. Hey, Glenn, what did you do today? Uh, it, yeah, like today was a normal insight for me. Just just running around with my head cut off, going from appointment to appointment. Uh, it was it was an awesome time. It was a lot of fun. I only gave one session today. A lot of customer meetings, uh, but I also had an opportunity to sit down on the Tech on Tap live booth today. Uh, I had I had the chance to to get our very own Phil Brotherton, uh, who is the vice president of our cloud solutions group. So the he basically owns the data fabric execution, right? Oh, yeah. um, and and uh, Manfred Buckman, uh, or Buchmann, uh, is how I'm supposed to pronounce it, uh, and uh, who is the vice president of SEs and EMEA, uh, and just get their take on on 
public cloud, hybrid cloud, what cloud really means. I found it very insightful and those, uh, we'll go ahead and, and play that one now for you. Joining us now on the Tech on Tap live stage, we've got a fantastic opportunity for the listeners at home. Uh, we've got two, two kind of the lead hogs out here. Uh, we've got Phil Brotherton, the Vice President of the Cloud Solutions Group, joining us uh, for a little bit. And then next to him, of course, we've got Manfred Buckman, uh, the Vice President of SEs in EMEA. Did I screw up your last name, Manfred? You gave me a little bit of a face there. How am I supposed Buchmann. to say that? Buchmann. Buchmann? I apologize. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll just start off by messing up by messing up the VP's name. I, gotcha. Uh, so, gentlemen, Phil, I guess we'll start with you. You know, you you of course uh, have uh, been pioneering the cloud for us. For you know, you started off with the Cloud Solutions Group. Uh, you guys went off and built Cloud on Tap. You went you you chased the the AltaVault acquisition. Uh, there's a lot of the movement that we've done on the back end in our data fabric strategy that, quite frankly, you've kind of overseen. So, from where you sit inside NetApp and where you sit with our customer base, what would you give us on a health report? How is how is this hybrid cloud reality and the data fabric vision? Where, how are we doing on that? Tracking towards you know what we where we're trying to head. I mean, in terms of how far we are ahead of our traditional competition, we're light years ahead, is my opinion. Oh, yeah. In terms of um, meeting customer needs, we have a huge amount of work still to do. And so it's really exciting, because I think the cloud is changing how people buy, how people use technology, creates new opportunities for engineers, we love problems. So there's a million things to do still, but I think we're, we've done a lot, and it's good what we've done so far. So where are we seeing, uh, it, if you can, uh, where are we seeing the, the uptake today? Where is the adoption uh, in, in this vision? Where are we getting the wins and, and able to, to move that needle with our customer base and make that difference? I mean, I think for a lot of people in the storage business, the cloud is happening above them and away from them. It's mostly an application developer driven world. And so it's really important for the infrastructure people to focus on the business value that their infrastructure provides and make sure that we're doing the right things for the businesses. So when I look at where people are adopting our products, we're seeing good opportunities with uh, AltaVault with our backup to cloud product. That's really just starting to take off, yeah. honestly. And the economics are so compelling. We're going to demonstrate uh, here in um, Berlin in a couple of days how SnapMirror is going to work with that product again. So over the next year or so, AltaVault's just going to become a cooler and cooler product for everybody. Cloud on Tap has been growing at about 60% a quarter oh, wow. in terms of hours used. So for the app guys getting going and want real data management products on the clouds, uh, Cloud on Tap has been extremely good for that. And then actually for big production environments, we have this uh, capability or, or a, a solution we call NetApp Private Storage. And so for the big production environments, it's actually put your data right next to the cloud. Don't worry about you know, the compliance and all that stuff's normal as if it was on your own premise. It is on your own premise. And then use uh, cloud for the compute. So the stateless stuff, you get the cloud pieces and then the pieces you're going to have the lawyers looking at you, you keep it on your side. All those have been really good. Yeah, the, uh, I, I, I of course cheated a little bit prior to this interview. Uh, I, I watched the uh, Tech on Tap live recording that you guys did and is out there on the internet for any of the listeners now who want to go see it. It's kind of an extension of this conversation. Uh, but one of the things that, that uh, 
you, you both kind of hit on. Manfred started with it, and then Phil, you closed it. But it was this idea of, listen, get out of the weeds. There is one cloud. Everyone has their a different one, and it's theirs. Can, can you give the listeners at home kind of the, the, the bottom line when, when you look at this and when you're trying to rationalize this with CEOs and, and CIOs, uh, with our customers, how, how you advise them? Yeah, I, I mean, I think just like in your personal life, your data is in your house and your data is out in the clouds. And that's true for your corporate life too. And it's good that your data is out in the clouds, but you have to protect it and be careful of it and stuff. And, and I just think that all of us need to um, accept or in, you know, sort of embrace the idea that our data is out there, but to take care of it. That's why we built the data fabric idea was so that customers, our customers could, could do that. And I think for all of us, it can be a little bit of a change in your mindset almost, but it's really a good thing for everybody. And I always encourage people who are, um, you know this, I talk to you a lot, yeah. is I always encourage people to think about new ways because I think there's new opportunities. You have to be careful, but there's new ways that are really great, uh, new techniques that are really great for the corporations. Your point about your cloud, I always hear vendors talk about their clouds, yeah. and I just think that's the wrong way to think about it. I think every company or every person has their own data and they need to treat it like it's their data. Just like you treat it like it's your money. It's uh, treat it like it's your data and then you have one cloud, it's your cloud. All righty, well thank you so much for taking time with us today, Phil. And of course, anytime you want to come on the podcast, you've always got an opportunity. Uh, originally, you know, for the listeners, it is important to call out and give them credit here. This podcast only exists because you stepped up and, and agreed to, to give us the I funding. I the microphone. Yeah. I the microphone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sure. Thanks so much, sure. Bill. I'm glad I bought the microphone. <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right, uh, I'm going to turn to my right here uh, and, and, and engage with one of the head honchos, if not the head honcho in our EMEA sales organization. Manfred, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, you know. Unbelievable. 15 years with NetApp and seeing this huge show. And honestly, Insight is the best tech show in Europe. Compare it to our friends from VMworld or from Microsoft. In terms of tech content, I'm proud that we're probably the number one. That's also what I see as a feedback in terms of really focusing on a pure tech route here. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's, we, we don't really talk about that, but you're right. You know, when we get back and, and we get our session evals and we talk to our customers who are here with us and our partners who are here with us. Listen, I just got done presenting my Hyper-V session. I had two guys in the back of the room who were at Ignite this year. They learned more in the hour that I spent with them than they did the whole week that they spent with Microsoft. You know, we don't really bump our chest about that very often, but you are right. And so that's the core and essentials. You know, we are a tech company, and this was leads us, leads us also here in the way, you know. Inside, Phil talked about the data fabric a few minutes ago and, and about cloud. But, you know, it's all fueled by technology. And it's fueled by guys who understand the technology and what you can do with the technology. And cloud is just a different flavor in a new way, but we're always excited to do something new. So are you seeing, uh, is, is the hunger for, for cloud consumption uh, real in EMEA? I mean, are you guys seeing that pressure the same way that we're seeing it over in the U.S. markets? Um, we see the pressure. We don't see it at the same speed like you see it in the U.S. markets because EMEA is more fragmented, yeah. um, different countries, different uh, languages, different network speeds in some of the countries, um, different privacy laws. And so there's a bit more concerns like in the U.S. where, you know, I heard the European guys saying about the U.S. it's one U.S. and the U.S. guys saying about Europe it's one Europe. 
but it's in both cases, both are wrong. It's never one. But yeah. one thing for the US is clear, it's one law for the US. Ah. And one language for, for the whole US. And this makes a difference in terms of things like loud adoption. While in Europe you need to adjust the, the law in every country to do it. And to be confident, it's in my country. The public law providers need to have a data center in my country. You know, if it's France, if it's Italy, if it's somewhere in the Middle East. Yeah. And, and this is a bit of a, a break, but not a stopping point. But we see large, all customers asking for clouds, all customers looking in it, some using it to a large extent. Everybody builds their IT as a cloud model already. The extension to the public cloud is on the way, but not at the same speed we see in the US. Yeah, do, do I'm curious, do the security controls uh, and, and the efforts that, that we've gone through, you know, with AltaVault, we have FIPS encryption and, and, and key management, just absolute top end security uh, from, from a cold data archive perspective. Cloud on tap, of course, has encryption uh, now. And then for organizations that just really can't mess around, we can do all uh, NetApp private storage with self-encrypting drives, and we can just really lock all of that down. Are, are we able to help customers cross that gap even when there are those, those regulatory concerns? You know, because I know that this is just a sticky wicket over here and, and helping customers guide that path. You know, it, does that make the difference for them today? It absolutely makes the difference. And I think we are the only one at the, at the moment who can deliver this one. Um, the one thing we go even above this one in certain countries as we talk in MIA here, we even validate this one with, from a legal perspective. We did a validation on NetApp private storage uh, with German legal and to say, hey, it fits basically the law and wow. we're working on different countries. So the one thing is we have the technology. We are the only ones with the technology at the moment, but also make sure if you're a CIO, does it fit from a legal perspective? And that's what we do in, in addition to the normal things. Well, outstanding. Anything else top of mind that you want to share with the listeners today, Manfred? Yeah, I have one thing which absolute is top of mind. We talk about cloud, we talk about data fabric. Many times people ask me, is it just a marketing message? What is it? Yeah. Is it real? Does it change the game? What does it mean? We get all sorts of, of messages. And so my number one top of mind for every customer is on this podcast, for every partner, for every NetApp employee is, you can try today, it's available, it takes you 20 minutes, go to the website, netuponcloud.com, it's free. You can run cloud on top, on top of OpenStack. It changes the game, how you think about the data fabric, how you think about the cloud. NetApp on cloud, go there. Even our CEO did it. Um, I have people up there, just two minutes ago, a guy joined me and said, I tried it, took me 20 minutes. It changed the game, how I talk about data fabric. So my one thing top of mind, my one thing ask to this group on the podcast, Try the data fabric, go to netuponcloud.com. Outstanding. Well, thank you, gentlemen, so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're both just running around like crazy, just back to back to back. We greatly appreciate you taking the time to spend with us today. All right, that was a great interview. I think today's theme of the podcast should just be cloud. The theme of, of today at Insight was just cloud. Like, I was really kind of taken aback. I don't know about the rest of you guys, but... You know, at the Insight US event, it seemed like we built up to this peak um, where, where the, it was the hits demo, snap mirrored everything to AltaVault. That's when all of a sudden we hit that tipping point and the entire place just went nuts and, and yep. started getting electric about the idea. This show started there. 
and I wasn't really expecting that. I was expecting us to have to build them up the same way that we had to do in the U.S. event. But for whatever reason, whether it's because they, they've already learned it because of the stuff that we did in the U.S. event, or if they're just that much far ahead, we didn't have that spin up today. Like we just walked in the first session at 9 a.m. and they're plugged in, they're clued in, they're engaged. It, it, was, it was really, really, it was a lot of fun. It really was. You're right. I think the cloud is a great story that's going to be taking off across the world. And in, you know, especially at this event, we're going to hear a lot more about it throughout the week. And I'm sure we'll talk more about it on the podcast here. So, Pete, what did you do today? Well, I don't want to buck the whole cloud uh, story, uh, but the theme. But my, I did do a session on Metro Cluster today that was just amazing. And so the highlight for me is because yeah. I do love Metro Cluster. I think it's an amazing technology. Uh, so there's about 185 people in my session. And I would say about 80% of the people, when I asked the question, who's already using Metro Cluster, raised their hand. I mean, these, these people in Europe embrace you know, synchronous replication, Metro Cluster, and they get it and they use it. It's just fantastic. So uh, had a great positive session with a bunch of really technical people around uh, Metro Cluster. And so while that's not a true cloud scenario, it was still a great time. I'll tell you, it's, it's totally a cloud scenario. I mean, honestly, a, a Metro Cluster uh, in, in a NetApp private storage deployment is the only way you're going to get enterprise grade synchronous replication in a, in a public cloud scenario today. Like all of these methodologies apply. That's the beauty of what we've done, right? The, it's, it's a layered stack approach. So mm -hmm. yeah. you're just plugging in at the appropriate layer of the stack with the technology that makes sense. In, in EMEA, there's a lot of re regulations around uh, synchronous uh, commits of, of, of transactions, particularly of like credit card data and, and that right. sort of stuff. Uh, and, and they're very stringent about not only the fact that it's synchronously committed, but but the fact that the data commits are actually occurring in, in different regions yes. with different fault domains. And, and that's one of those reasons that, that Metro Cluster is so big out here. Yeah. It's, it's not because they're, they just love it. It's because there's a business requirement that they have to meet. And, and for them, this is, this is one of the ways that they do that. When those organizations really start to turn it up to 11, you know, think of all those Germany customers that we have right now, the yeah. number one market for Metro Cluster in the world. Yep. Amazon's dropping a data center in Germany for a reason, mm -hmm. right? So when that spigot gets turned on, all those in-place MCC deployments, they just get converted into NPS deployments or hybrid deployments uh, coming in over, over Cloud Connect, and you know, Bob's your uncle, away we go. Nice, I didn't even think about that, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, Metro Cluster itself, I mean, that's, it's not just for failover DR. I mean, it's got a lot of other use cases that we don't see in, in the States because we just don't need them as much as they need them here, right? Yeah, it's, it's all about, at, at the end of the day, Something like 70% of all IT, you know, but w w wait, I just totally made that up. I'll go ahead and call myself out. I have no idea what the percentage is, but it is a ridiculously high percentage of, of decisions that are made in IT are made because somebody wrote a law that says you go to prison if you don't do this. Statistically, 73% of all estimates are made up, right? Isn't that what yeah, it's, 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 some, it's some nonsense like that. And, and I started to, to, to violate that rule myself and then realized, <laughs> what am I doing? I don't actually know the number, but I think it's high. Um, just based on my own experience and the interactions that we have with customers, we start off with the wish lists and the I wants and the things that are really cool. But when we really start to re boil requirements down and get into the meat of a deployment, it's always about laws. Always. That's where those decisions are made. And, and you're right. In the U.S., we just don't have the same requirements. Um, so, so we're able to get a away with a lot less. And you know, also, you know, a lot of these players, they're U.S. companies. Yeah. So it's easy for us. Uh, it, it's, it's a lot more challenging if you're you know, sitting in Frankfurt trying to figure out how you're going to, to lower your costs uh, and, and how you're going to do so while, while maintaining those compliance uh, controls. 
something everybody's working on. Azure's working on it, Amazon's working on it, Google's working on it, so is NetApp. All right, well, it's, uh, it's beer 30 here in Germany, and day one is a wrap. It's time for some welcome party beer. So I got one more thing to add, and that's a, uh, I want to say a big thank you to all our listeners. So yet again, I've been blown away by oh, the, yeah, brother. the number of people yep. who have come up to us and said, you guys are doing great, right? We love listening to you. So yeah, please, thank you so much, everybody, right, for all of the great feedback. You know, feel free to send us an email, write podcast at netapp.com. You know, all that great feedback is really welcome. We really appreciate it. And uh, stop by the Tech on Tap live booth and, and pick up a T-shirt if you happen to be here because we got a whole bunch of them. And uh, Pete said he didn't want to carry them back this time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if, if you're on the expo floor inside Central, uh, stop by the social media lounge uh, and, and you can grab a Tech on Tap podcast T-shirt and or stickers. We got all the swag there for you guys. You don't have to ask or, or sign up for anything. Just come get them. All right. Carnival music's pumping. Let's go, guys. Oh, yeah.